This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I am your host, Sebastian Starr, and I am very, very, very excited today. Today is the day that history has been made, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So really quick, before I dive into what it is that I want to talk about, just a little bit of backstory. I know on um, past couple of months, I had done an Erica Badu episode analyzing one of my all-time favorite songs, Green Eyes, from her Mama's Gun album. And I spoke about how, you know, Erica Badu is not so much more my favorite artist, but rather an inspiration to life. You know what I mean? Like, I live my life on... You know, the foundations that she set with her music, with her lifestyle, with her culture, with her representation, that hippie black artist, that alt black artist, that spiritual black artist that gets so, you know, made fun of in major media. People undermined her, rather, because they don't really understand the way that she thinks, the way that she views the world. But for those who see her as that pinnacle of woke blackness without the stereotypical hypocrisy that most quote-unquote woke black folks like to live their life and base their bases on. You know, Erica Badu is the kind of artist that just does her own thing unapologetically. She doesn't judge, she doesn't criticize, she doesn't discriminate, she doesn't hate. She does what she wants to do. And I love that. I, I absolutely adore that. So really quick... Two years ago, my mom, my two aunts, and myself traveled down to Memphis, Tennessee for a music festival, and we were supposed to go see Erica Badu live. It was day two of the music festival. We get down there, and the tickets were sold out completely. And naturally, I was devastated because, you know, they still enjoyed the casinos, and of course, we went out to fine restaurants and ate really great food and got to listen to other really cool music But my entire purpose and goal for going to that music festival (laughs) was to see Erykah Badu live for the first time in my life, and I felt like I got cheated a little bit. So fast forward to today, well, let's, let's backtrack maybe a couple of days ago, I see on Instagram that she's going back on tour, and sure enough, she's coming to my city. I run upstairs to my mom and said, hey, did you know about this? And she was like, yeah, I thought you been knew about that. So long story short, today we went out, we got the tickets. We're going to go see Erica Badu live, Nashville, Tennessee, November 6th. And I cannot fucking wait. This has been long anticipated, long overdue. This woman has literally set the bar so high for so many women in music. This, 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 the, the image that she portrays is on the level that most people would see, like, you know, Beyonce or Rihanna or Nicki Minaj. Like, they see them on a pedestal that is above the average human being. But Erica Badu is that on a spiritual level. She's that on a mental level, on a subconscious level. It's, 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 words can't even describe what this woman is capable of doing with her voice alone. And I admire that. I I'm smitten by that. It is the most amazing thing on the planet to me to hear this woman sing, to hear her speak, just to listen to her talk. She doesn't have to be talking about anything in particular, but again, people ridicule her. They make fun of her. They, they judge her and talk about her because they just don't understand 
the way that she thinks and the way that she sees the world isn't the same way, you know, you or I would see it. But it's it's on another level. It's on another level of consciousness. It's on another level of awareness. It's on another level of I can't wait for this concert. I cannot wait for this concert. And I really, I just, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great day. And and we're, we're going to have a great time. So in honor of that momentous occasion, I decided to analyze another one of my favorite projects by her, which is honestly and truly the first project that I ever heard. I was very, very young when I first heard this album. It came out in 1997, and it is a live concert that has been pre-recorded to be distributed as an album. So it's the live album. The cover art is her in the butterfly wings with the head wrap and the arm bracelets. And that was one of the immediate things that caught my attention was just the butterfly wings because I was a child who's obsessed with butterflies and still am to this day. So seeing that immediately, you know, sparked my interest and, you know, it kind of pulled me into who she was as an individual, just seeing her and then listening to this music just blew my fucking mind. And I really wish that I would just showcase just how much I appreciate her as an artist more. Because people see me and they associate me with The Weeknd usually because that's my favorite artist. And yes, The Weeknd is my favorite artist, but if you know me well, you know that I absolutely adore this woman. I absolutely admire this woman. This is more of like a mentor mentality. You know, I see her as someone I want to be, I aspire to be, I want to live in those shoes for a moment, for, you know, an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the level of respect that I have is so much more than just I appreciate your music. I appreciate you as an individual for who you are and what you do on a regular day. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like most women, most women artists, period, they, they see themselves as just regular people, but their fans see them as so much more than that. You're so much more to me than just an artist. You're someone who creates, you know, these wonderful, extravagant things that nobody else on the planet is capable of doing. And you need to know <laughs> that I appreciate that more than anybody else. And I'm not trying to borderline be like stalker status. You know, I'm not obsessed with her on the level of I would like die for this woman. Like, no, it's not like that. It's just I am an admirer who sees someone in a position that I want to see myself in someday. That's kind of what it narrows down to. So let's dive into the album real quick. So it starts off with a rim shot, which if you're a percussionist, you know what a rim shot is. That's basically when you take your snare drum stick and you place the butt of the stick in the middle of the drum and you lift the remainder of the stick and you pop it against the rim. Now, a snare drum is significant because of the snares which are those chains of beads that hang from one end of the drum on the bottom to the other. And once it's pressed up against, that's how you get that sizzle noise when you hit a snare drum. So the rim shot is the sound or is the effect of the drum head at the top popping and creating more of a like 
cock sound or an, an effect like that. I'm not really good at explaining things. You get what I'm trying to say. So the song is called Rimshot, and it's a great, I mean, a great way to start off this album. It's so smooth. It's so cool, calm, and collected. And she does actually sample from another artist. Someone posted a video on, on Facebook about two weeks ago, and it was actually a trumpet player. And it was very, very smooth, very, very jazzy, very, very subtle. And I was like, oh, so that's where she got the intro to the song from it. And, and someone was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, duh, Erykah Badu, Rimshot. Like, that's how the song starts. <laughs> so it's, it's a great way to start off an album. And it's so smooth. And her voice is so angelic. It's like, it's like being transported to another fucking planet. Like... She was she was taking motherfuckers to Jupiter in the late 1990s. You know what I'm saying? Like she was the the late 90s was the time. And here's the thing: when I was little, you know, Erica Badu was like my mom's music, right? So I thought it was like a lot older than what it was. 1997, I was three, two going on three, and I I don't I just it was just something about it that was like intoxicating. Now, keep in mind, I'm a child. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an itty-bitty baby being completely overwhelmed sensationally, musically, mentally, emotionally by a woman that I didn't even know existed (laughs) until way after the fact. And it just blows me the sound of her voice because she does a lot of speaking. It's a lot of monologues throughout this album. She speaks to the crowd. There is a song, Reprise. It's right after On and On, which On and On is, oh my God. I heard that, that I do that. Oh my gosh. Look, I know I say a lot about my favorite artists and it's act like I don't have no sense and I just be talking, but honestly, truly, Really, this album is so beautiful. It's so beautifully constructed. It's so beautifully put together. It's just beautiful. Reprise is the one song where she's, it's not even a song. She's just explaining, you know, the symbolisms that she carries with her. You know what I'm saying? She's talking about, she starts off the song by explaining to the audience what a cipher is. Now, if you're a hip-hop head, a cypher is like when a group of people stand in a circle and they each deliver a freestyle back to back to back over a beat. That's a cypher, right? She's explaining it as a short way to explain life. She's saying, she's using the cypher as symbolism for life. She says it can be represented as a circle. A circle consists of 360 degrees. She says in On and On, my cipher keeps moving like a rolling stone, meaning the rolling stone is the image of the earth, because we're living on a rolling stone if you can't put two and two together. And the cipher being her, she is the life that exists on the rolling stone being the planet. And we all move in the same speed, the same velocity, the same axles, the same rhythm. Everyone is connected and in sync with each other. We're all connected to ourselves, to each other, and to the planet in which we reside. And I was a child listening to this shit. And I'm just like, you don't skip it. You don't skip reprise. You don't. You sit there and you listen to it word for word. Because what she's saying 
is relevant to your current state of mind. It's relevant to your life. Everything she's saying is for a reason. She explains the symbol of the Ankh, which originates from Egypt or Kemet. And she explains how the symbol is found in the hieroglyphics, which are just the big pictures on the walls in the pyramids in Egypt. They're called hieroglyphics. And she explains how that symbol represents earth. That's another representation of life on earth is that symbol. And she wears that with her everywhere she goes. She has a tattooed on her. She has jewelry associated with it. So you see people with the cross that got the circle on the top. That's an unk. And she explains what each parts of that symbol represent and how it represents life how it represents humanity, how it represents human beings, humankind, mankind, how we're all connected by this one thing. And most importantly, where it all originates, where it all starts, where it all came from. She is extremely, extremely knowledgeable. She's extremely, extremely wise beyond her years. And people just overlook that because they think that she's crazy. And it's not even like, oh, no crazy shit. It's really just, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. It's a very nonchalant attitude that she has towards herself and towards the people that she presents her art to. And she just doesn't give a fuck what people think. And I love that. Like, how do you not love that? Just how do you not love a woman who is so strong and so powerful and so wise and so knowledgeable and is so nonchalant. Like most people in that position will do everything in their power to convert you and make you believe what they believe because they believe that what they believe is right, what they believe is the correct way to live your life. But it's like, if you don't want to listen to me, that's your fault. That's on you. That ain't got shit to do with me. I'm going to keep living my life the way that I want to. And that is partially the metaphor that I use me currently to live my life. Regardless of what you think, how you feel, I'm going to do what is in my best interest, what makes me the happiest. I'm going to live my life the way that I choose to. If you don't like it, you don't have to be associated with me. If you don't like it, then you can just... Excuse yourself for my presence because I don't need that. It's not necessary. It's not relevant. It's not important. And it's just like, bro, how can you? Let's keep going. Come on, man. Come on. I can't wait for this concert. I cannot wait. So immediately after reprise, it falls into Apple Tree, which I love that song to death. But then, oh, gosh. And then it falls into Yayo. Yayo is a very emotional song. She dedicates it to her children. And it's just the slowest, smoothest, yet saddest thing I have ever heard in my life. And it is so deep. It's so rooted in passion and pain. Every single note, every single vibrato, every single syllable that is spoken out of her mouth when she performs this song, is just cloaked in pain. You can feel it. Like, you can, you can feel it. It's so strong. And it's just like, dude, you are on some next level magic sorcery shit because how are you making me feel sad? <laughs> I just can't. Oh, my God. It's, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking. And it's so 
there's so much there. There's so much emotion there. Like everything that she feels that she doesn't show on the immediate surface in a conversation, she pushes that shit out when she sings. It is flooded. It is an eruption of emotion that you can feel in every aspect. And I just can't believe that I was a small child listening to this album on repeat over and over again. I'm just drowning in every single sensation that I'm feeling. I'm overwhelmed in it. And it's this intoxicating feeling of euphoria that is just overwhelming. But it's like you can't get enough of it. You want it to consume you. You want it to fill your body internally. You want to feel it externally. You want it in every aspect of your life. And when I say I listen to this album like nonstop, non the fuck stop. It was on repeat constantly throughout my childhood. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And then more music started flooding in from her. And I was listening to that more and more and more. And it just became something that I think I subconsciously wanted to make a part of my life without realizing it. Because as a child, you're so influential. The littlest things can spark, oh, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. But this was something that sparks an influence that I didn't even realize was a big deal until I got older. And as I got older, I started to realize, like, why the fuck do I care what other people think or how other people feel? And I know that gives off more of, like, the villain-esque type of mentality. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have that. But overall, it boils down to who gives a shit. Do whatever you want to do and do whatever makes you happy, the happiest. Like, because it's your life at the end of the day. So I just give it up to her because I wouldn't have this nonchalant as attitude (laughs) if it wasn't for it. And then there's a little intermission after searching Boogie Nights. There's a tiny, tiny intermission between... Um, Boogie Nights and All Night Long, which is kind of roped into one song. And then it falls into Certainly. Oh, my God. Certainly? Certainly. I can't. I know I skipped one song that's really, really important to me, and I am going to go back to it in here in a second, but I got to talk about the songs that are coming up because they are important. So, (laughs) so... Certainly is a beautiful song. She actually has two versions of this on her original album. I want to say Baduism is the album that has the two versions of this song. It's a slow version. It's kind of like a quick pace, poppy jazz version. But the live version is kind of a combination of those two. And it's basically like, who gave you permission to rearrange me? Certainly not me. She's basically saying, like, what in the hell makes you think that you can come in here and tell me how to live my life and do what I don't want to do. Basically, it just sums up the whole premise of what I've just been talking about. Like, she literally says, who gave you permission to rearrange me? Certainly not me. I wasn't looking for no love affair. You know, she's just saying, like, I didn't give you permission to invade my life and make changes according to your comfortability level. This is my life, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Because it's my life and I can do that. That's basically what certainly kind of boils down to. And then after certainly, ooh, man, we got Stay, which is actually a Shaka Khan song. So the Stay that she does in this album is actually Shaka Khan's 
song Stay, which that's her favorite artist. So, you know, kudos to Shaka Khan for creating Eric Badu. And then we have what everyone's been waiting for. We have Tyrone. But before we have Tyrone, she does the next Lifetime interlude where she's about to close up the show. She's finishing it up. You know, we're about an hour or so in. And she's like, I'm almost done. But then she's like, wait, 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 wait. I got something else for y'all. This is an unreleased. This is right. This is when Tyrone, like, first came out. She's like, it's a brand new song. We kind of created it by accident. We were doing sound checks in Dallas. And, you know, my my bass player was playing a riff, and I loved it. So I just started freestyling. And then the backup singer started singing in. So it was, Tyrone is a very improvised song. But it ended up being one of her biggest hits, one of her most successful singles, and everyone really associates her to that song. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a great song, but I feel like it overshadows the other greatness that exists with her. Like, if you listen to Erica Badu the way I do, then you know that other songs exist that are far more, you know, significant. They are far more, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant, and they are far more, they're greater than, that one particular song. That song is like a radio single. That's a song that's like everyone kind of scatters around. When you think Erica Badu, that's the first song that pops into your head. But she's saying so much more. And the fact that she can make a song that was that popularized by accident should tell you that she is worth more than you are giving her credit for. And the fact that you refuse to acknowledge that, the fact that you refuse to establish that as being something... You know, greater than what it is, is despicable. And you should be ashamed of yourself. But anyway, I digress. So you go into Tyrone, and then you fall into Next Lifetime, which is my all-time favorite song by Eric Badu, mainly because it's relatable. Next Lifetime is basically saying, I'm in a relationship right now. I'm in a very good relationship right now. I'm satisfied. I'm content. I'm healthy. I'm joyous. But I have a dilemma because there is another individual outside of my relationship that is not necessarily tempting me, not necessarily pulling me out of my comfort zone and getting me to do something that I would probably regret, but rather I can see myself being just as happy in a relationship with that individual as I am with the one that I'm currently with. Everything about that outside individual is perfect the way that he speaks, the way that he smiles, the way that he talks to me, the way that he treats me, the way that he gives me attention is great. But I'm already in a situation with someone who does all of those things for me. Now, I can't have my cake and eat it too. So what do I do? Well, I'm with someone right now and I can't break that off just to be with you Regardless of how bad we both want to, regardless of how much sense it would make, I just can't do it. So instead, when this life is over and the next one starts again, hopefully you and I will find each other and we'll get the opportunity then that we don't have now. Because now I'm occupied. Now I'm taken. Now I'm unavailable. But in the next life, we'll find each other and we'll get that chance to do what we couldn't do now. And it's just like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, and this doesn't occur to my current situation, but I remember there was a time where I was just conflicted with 
my romantic life and the situations that I was in. And she's like, bro, what the fuck do I do? Now, obviously, all of those relationships fell apart almost immediately. But that's neither here nor there. But I can relate to that just because it's like I know what it feels like to want someone, even though you're completely and totally happy with what you currently have. It's the standard love triangle. It's a standard love triangle. And I mean, I don't know anyone who can't relate to a love triangle type of situation, but I mean, it happens. Now, the song that I skipped, The Other Side of the Game, live, is so much better than The Other Side of the Game pre-recorded. The Other Side of the Game live has so much more power in her voice. The other side of the game is basically her saying, like, you know, my husband, my boyfriend, my significant other is a hustler. He's a dealer. He's a, a mule. He, he, he carries loads, and he does this, does that, scrambling, fighting, trying to hustle to provide for the family. I understand what he's doing and why he feels like he has to do it, and I support him throughout it all. Now, this is my perspective as the drug dealer's wife, as the drug lord's significant other, as the gangbanger's girlfriend. This is my perspective. This is what I'm seeing, right? And, oh my gosh, this is the moment that I fell in love with this one. (laughs) Hearing this song, and I tried to analyze it a little bit when I was in college. My first year, I tried to explain to my you know, circle of acquaintances, why I was obsessed with her the way that I was, and nobody else could understand it. But this song right here, it changed my life. I heard things I never even thought were humanly possible. It's so exaggerated with emotion. And that's what I mean. Her monologues are very straightforward. They're very nonchalant. They're very just to the point. Her music is where her pain comes from. Her music is where her sadness comes from or where her happiness comes from, where her joy comes from, where her excitement lives. Everything she does musically is cloaked in every single emotion she refused to show in person. And I can't get over that. I cannot wrap my brain around the fact that this woman is so amazing with what she does, but on the surface, you would never know that. Looking at her, talking to her, you would never believe that someone who is just so content with being themselves unapologetically would have so much strenuous emotion behind every single note that they hit on key, on pitch, it's just, it's inhuman. Like, she's a fucking, she has to be from another, she has to be from another universe. She cannot be, you're not going to sit here and tell me that that's who, no, you're not. It's not, I don't believe you, okay? I just, I can't, I can't do it. But other side of the game live is when I fell in love with Erica Badu. I fell in love with her music, I fell in love with her voice, I fell in love with her lifestyle, everything about her was just weaved in this one amazing song that I just refuse to believe is, like, normal. Like, a normal person couldn't do this. Like, a normal person doesn't have this capability. It's something out of this world. 
And I just can't wrap my fucking brain. I was a child. I was a child. And, and now that I think about it, I've always been this way. It was just certain things had to come to light throughout my life to see the full picture. Like I had to be introduced to certain things that now makes my life sense. Like, and Erica Badu was one of those things. And I know that that sounds crazy. I know that that sounds crazy. But she is part of the reason that I am now the woman that I am. I can say that without a strain of doubt. And it just, it doesn't have to make sense to you. It makes sense to me. And there's a reason why I idolize her the way that I do. It all makes sense. Everything about it makes perfect sense to me. And I know it doesn't make sense to a lot of other people, or maybe it does in regards to your favorite artist. And again, this is more than just favoritism. This is admiration. This is inspiration. This is, I want to be you when I grow up. That's who I want to be when I grow up. Or, or a version of it. I feel like there's only one type of woman who could exist on the same planes and parallels that Erica Badu can, and that's her. But even if I could get close, even if I can get kind of sort of that level of comfortability with myself and my surroundings, that would be good enough for me. And I appreciate every single aspect of that. So again, thank you for opening my eyes. From the time I was a very young girl to now as a very young woman, I can see all of the potential that I have to be something better than myself because it exists in someone that I've admired for years in my life. And I, there is nothing that you can say to make me cut off that admiration. It's not going anywhere. And I just can't, I don't know where, what position I would be in without it. It was just one of those things that needed to come to light in my perspective to cloak and mold me into what is now my way of thinking and my lifestyle. It all makes sense. It all just ties into each other. And I cannot wait to see this woman perform live in front of me. I can't wait to see it. It's going to change my world completely. I'm sure of it. I feel like going to see Erica Badu live is the equivalent of like watching the angels descend from heaven. You know what I mean? Like it's just an unworldly phenomenon experience that only occurs so rarely in life. Like you don't just casually go to an Erica Badu concert. You make plans in advance and you go and you expect to see nothing less than greatness. And I know that I'm not going to be disappointed. So that was the live album by Erica Badu. It was released in 1997. It is the stepping stone that I use to forge my current lifestyle. And I want to say that it basically molded me partially into the person that I am now. And I don't know who I would be without it. I don't know who I'd be without her influence. And I appreciate everything that she's done musically spiritually, mentally, in pop culture or otherwise, she is a pinnacle and should be treated as nothing less than a god among men. 
But that's just my two cents. You can think what you want to think. You can feel how you want to feel. You can believe what you want to believe. But this is me talking. This is my two cents. So whatever you think, that's on you. But again, thank you for listening, for tuning in. I always appreciate the love and support. And until next time, I will speak with you all later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.